this is us. But we are more than just a church building or a movie theater. We have a desire to be a place where people can experience the love of Jesus. A place where people can grow in their relationship with God. And a place for people to find their purpose in Christ. We are a church that's about family, building relationships, and raising up leaders to change our community and our world. We want to make Jesus known and to give all the glory to God. This is us. Well, good morning, church. Come on, can you put your hands together all around this room? Come on, both campuses. Hey, if you love Jesus, come on, let them know you love them. There it is. Hey, today is Vision Sunday, and I'm so excited that you're giving me an opportunity to share with you some of the incredible things that your church is doing, and most importantly, some incredible things that God is doing. And so for the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you some exciting things that God is doing now, and then some things that we believe that God is setting us up for in the near future, and then for generations to come. Now, traditionally, we try to schedule Vision Sunday two times in the year. And we do that on purpose because we believe that that vision is important. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs chapter 29, your Bible says that without vision, people perish. How many of you know that verse? Uh, there's another translation of Scripture, though. It's the message translation. And this is what it says. The Bible says, if people can't see what God is doing then they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, how many of you know that God can reveal stuff to us? That then they are, somebody shout, most blessed. Come on, do it again, both campuses. Say it with me, one, two, three, most. And that, that ladies and gentlemen, is really where I want to get you, to a place where you are living most blessed. Now, on a Vision Sunday... I pray to accomplish two things, and I mean this wholeheartedly. I take, I take the time that's given, and we divide it into two different halves. The first half is going to be a ton of information, information about your church, information about your campus, information about what God is doing, because information is what fuels us to know that you are a part of a life-giving church, which, by the way, aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's alive? Come on now. Yeah. You can feel that during the worship at both campuses, part of the grammar, but this ain't no dead church. It's an alive church, and God is doing some things. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can miss some of the information because of the craziness of our schedule. So I want to slow down for a few minutes, and I want to give you some information, some things that you and I should celebrate. Then on the second half of Vision Sunday, which again is today, I want you to leave with some inspiration. The Lord has given me a verse, he's given me a message, and I want to share that with you. So today is going to be about information, and then it's going to be about inspiration as well. So I want to start out with the informational stuff, and, and I, I'm going to ask you at both campuses, I want you to take something out to write with, because I want you to jot down some things. The Lord will, the Lord will give you some stuff to write down in your, in your personal kind of journaling, and then I'm going to tell you some things to write down too. But I want you to get something to write with just to celebrate some of the awesome things that God is doing. And I want to start with celebrating the month of July 
which at both of our campuses we have identified as serve month, serve month. I have been overwhelmed with the response of people jumping in to watch this over the month of July between the two campuses, jumping into 21 different serve projects all month long in our communities, in our cities, in our homes, in our states. God has done incredible stuff with those that have said yes to the opportunity to serve. And you hear us say this a lot around here, but we believe, and this is what we preach, that saved people serve people. Okay, to the three of you that said amen, I'm with you. Let me say it again. Saved people serve people. We're never more like Jesus than when we serve We're never more like Jesus than when we lay down the title and we pick up the towel. Come on now. And so what? And I want you to see this. All month long, 21 different projects. And then, of course, this past week between the two campuses, we had serve projects going every single day throughout the week. And then it kind of culminated yesterday with block parties and events. And here's where I want to celebrate. We had 485 people volunteer this month. Come on, between the two campuses. That's a great place to put your hands together right there. Come on, 400. And 85 people. And so yesterday I attended uh, the event here in, on the east side of Noonan. And uh, we, we participated at the Hope Center there. And the director, Luke Ayers, he said that in the community, they started to recognize this campus specifically. Because, of course, I attended that event yesterday. That they started to recognize us by the Go Serve shirts. So everybody's wearing these gray Go Serve shirts. Both campuses all you know, all month long. And he said that one of the ladies, again, on the east side of Noonan, came up to him and said, there's something different about that church. And he said, yeah, what do you see? And this is what she said. I hope it doesn't offend you, but take it for what it's worth. She said, they get their butts out the seat and their feet in the street. Come on, somebody. I like that, don't you? And I I think it's the greatest compliment we've ever been given. That we get our butts out the seat and our feet in the street. Come on, that'll preach, won't it? And that's what Serve Month is all about. So again, over two dozen, right at two dozen projects and then 485 volunteers serving all month long. It's just fantastic. All right, mark this down on your save the date, your calendar. We've got our final family summer night of 2019 happening this Wednesday night, both campuses So for those of you here, uh, that event will take place on our South Metro Atlanta campus property. Kicks off at at 6.30, 6.30. And then, of course, at Go Church, that event is held at our offices in Clarksburg. Uh, You'll get all the information that you need. This is a great night. and It's going to be a great night to kind of uh, conclude summer as students get ready to go back to school at the beginning of, of, of August here and then the beginning of September. For those of you in Maryland going back to school, we're going to do some prayer over your children and the next few weeks as they return back to school. But we want to have a party, and we're going to party on the final family summer night of 2019. We got food. Come on out. How about this? And it's free. Well, not really. If you tithe, you paid for it. But anyway, we got food. We've got games. We've got events. We've got cornhole. We've got, we've got everything. It's a great time uh, to, to let a big church feel smaller where you can make some new relationships, connect with some people, come out and enjoy the evening. And I want you to be a part of that. So the final family summer night is this Wednesday night, both campuses. We kick that event off at 630. Here's another save the date. And again, just some information here. But we're launching our group's semester uh, September the 8th. 
And if you got a calendar, you want to keep September the 8th open because there's a bunch of stuff happening on that day. But one of those great things is we're kicking off the semester of groups. Now, groups around here last about 10 weeks. So we don't ask you to take a, you know, a whole year of your time and commit to a particular group. We actually just say, hey, take a couple of months, jump into a group. I'm going I'm to talk a lot more about groups on the inspirational side of Vision Sunday. But I want you to mark your calendars. And if you feel led to be a group leader... It's not too late to sign up for that. You can stop by Next Steps. You can jump online. Uh, We're still adding to our group directory. We would love to continue to add groups. This is going to be a record number of groups that we've ever had this fall at both of our campuses. And if you're interested in leading a group, let us know. But I'm, I'm challenging everybody. Say, that's me. Let's try it again. I'm telling everybody. Say, that's me. There it is. I'm challenging all of us to get into a group. Let's jump into a group, and again, I'll tell you why on the second half of this, but that kicks off on September the 8th. Now, we've got two series that I want to follow up after Vision Sunday. We're going to start next week with a series that we do every year called Ask Away. It's one of my favorite series that we do, and it's, it's because you drive the content of that series. So if you were here on Easter, you remember that we gave you an annual survey card on that survey card. Many of you, hundreds of you, submitted all kinds of questions. I mean, it was just an an amazing amount of questions. We've taken those questions, we've kind of categorized them, and then through the month of August, we're going to walk through those questions. So you're driving the content of that. You're helping us to decide what we're talking about. And it's a great series because these are real, these are raw, these are genuine, they're practical. And when the Lord gets in the middle of it, He gives us the wisdom through His Word on how to handle life's problems and challenges. So that kicks off next week at both campuses. We're doing Ask Away. Then on September the 8th, we're doing a series called At the Movies, At the Movies. And here's what I love about At the Movies. We, we look at modern day movies as kind of parables. If you know anything about how Jesus taught, Jesus would use real life stories, okay, to connect to the people of that time and then bring out wisdom and truth and and what we know to be scripture and so what I want to do through the month of September is take some real life movies pull out the biblical truth that's in them and let God speak to us we've done this in the past it's not anything new to us but it's going to be a fantastic month and this is if there's ever a great time to invite like unchurched people to church uh, people that are turned off by church people that are like against like religion and faith and all of that, this is the best time to do it. I'm telling you. It's an intentional series where you can come and grow in your faith, but you can invite your family, your friends, your coworkers, especially those that are far from God because people can connect to a movie and there's emotion in the movie. And then between us, when we pull out scripture and we let God touch their heart, that's when things get real. Come on, you know that. So it's a great series, and I hope that you're a part of it, and we kick that off on September the 8th. A little bit more information. Watch this. Mark your calendar because we're coming back in the fall with 21 days of prayer. Now, if you were a part of 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, at the beginning of this year, you know how powerful these times are. And during that 21 days of prayer and fasting between our two campuses, we had hundreds of people that would come out every single morning and pray. As a matter of fact... 
I, I felt like I lacked a little faith on the first couple of days because I didn't think anybody would show up to pray at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. But at both campuses, people came out and they prayed. And we saw miracles, signs, and wonders happen during those 21 days. And about day two into our first time of doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, I, I heard the Lord say, do it again. And I think that you should be encouraged to know that you're a part of a church that loves to pray. Come on. How many of you know that prayer works? All right. Here's one that I know can garner 100% response. How many of you have a prayer need? You've got a prayer request. God, okay. So we're, the Bible says to make those requests known. And so beginning September, we're going back to 21 days of prayer. You're going to hear more about this uh, on social media and email blasts and, of course, our video announcements. But I want you to go ahead and prepare your hearts and your schedule to carve out time Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. and then each Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Your schedule may not allow you to come every single morning. That's okay. But can you pick a morning or two mornings or Tuesday, Thursday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday or commit to every single Saturday morning. And some of you, knowing your favorite football teams, you need to come on Saturday and pray. Come on now. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Come out and pray and watch what God does. It's a fantastic, fantastic reason to get up. How many of you know it's good to be alive? So come out and pray with us. Okay, a couple more to save the dates here. Sunday Fun Day. If you've ever been a part of a Sunday Fun Day around here, you know that it is on a whole nother level. And I want you to mark this date down because we will finish up our whole At The Movie series on September 29th. We'll do Sunday Fun Day, which is, again, the very best day to invite friends, families, and neighbors to come. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you, but I'm the pastor, so I'm going to tell you anyway. The movie that we're showing that day is Toy Story. And we're doing it for purpose. And the purpose is we want to reach families with children. And so we're going to do a movie called Toy Story. You ever heard of it? It's kind of a big deal right now. We're going to show the movie Toy Story. And I'm going to show you how God can even speak through Toy Story. I'm telling you. So Sunday, fun day, September the 29th. I want you to be here. It's going to be fantastic. And again, we'll close out at the movies. Okay. Many of you know that we are in partnership with a... a, a international ministry called Children's Cup. I shared with you on a greater level that partnership at our February Vision Sunday. Children's Cup is an incredible nonprofit that provides spiritual, physical, educational, and uh, even economical support to children in different parts of the world. Now, in this relationship, watch this, we've been able to connect with the beautiful people of Honduras, and then also with the incredible people of Belize. And so these two countries kind of, they kind of uh, kiss each other on the corner there. And many of you know that we've brought in Children's Cup in the last couple of months, and you've responded by child sponsorships. And I thought that was so neat because from our South Metro Atlanta campus, you're sponsoring 44 children in the country of Honduras. Come on, can you say amen to that? 44 kids that you're providing, again, spiritual care, economical care, educational care, etc. And then our Go Church campus in Germantown, they are working with the country of Belize, and they're sponsoring right at 20 children. Isn't that fantastic? And so God is just blessing what's happening there. But here's what I love so much about Children's Cup, is that it's not just a child feed program. It takes it to a whole nother level. 
And in the month of August, about mid-August, we have a group of uh, almost a dozen and a half people from both campuses that are going to Honduras and they're going to Belize. And many of them, myself included, because I'm going on that trip as well, I'm actually going to go to both countries while we're there, we get to meet our sponsored kids. Isn't that great? So the children that we've been supporting financially each month, we get to bring gifts, we get to give them a hug, pray for them, love on them, meet them face to face. And so I want you to know that between both of our campuses here in mid-August, we're sending a missions team to two countries. Now most of you aren't able to go, but all of you can help us pray. All of you can help us pray. And so I'm asking you to do that because it's an incredible trip that's going to transform not only the lives of the children, but if you've ever been a part of outreach or missions, you know that you always come back uh, more blessed than you were a blessing. That's how it works. And so I'm excited for that partnership. I'm excited about Honduras. I'm excited about Belize. And I'm also excited about Prague and the Czech Republic. You may remember we talked a little bit about this again last Vision Sunday. And in Prague, we are helping to establish a ministry center that will help reach an atheist society. Plus, again, we're ministering to children uh, to help combat that homelessness and hunger. This is one of the big projects that I rolled out at the beginning of this new year. I told you about the Czech Republic, and then I also told you about the House of Cherith. The House of Cherith is a great nonprofit organization that on the west side of Atlanta is building a home for victims who have been set free and rescued from a life of sex trafficking. And so you all are partnering to build this ministry center in Prague, and you're also partnering with the House of Cherith to build this home for not only the women that were involved in sex trafficking, but they've been rescued and now being reunited with their families. That's what this home is for. And so I just wanted to give you a quick update that in the last, what, what are we in? We're in uh, the month of July, closing out the end of July. In the last seven months, our two campuses combined have given these ministries right at $7,500. Come on, that's a great place to put your hands together. Come on, don't get sleepy on me yet. Come on now. I think it's awesome. And then you also heard me talk about this. Again, just information, because I want you to know, because some people, when they come to church, they think, oh, man, they're taking up another offering. All they want is money, 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 money. Absolutely. Because there are people in this world that need Jesus. Come on now. And so the money isn't so that we can hold on to it. The money is so that God can use it and multiply it and be a blessing to other people. That's what the church should really be all about. I wish somebody gave me a good amen right there. So we've partnered with TraffickingHope.org as well. Again, another great nonprofit that, that is uh, working with sex trafficking victims. And Trafficking Hope, they work tireless, tirelessly to eradicate sex trafficking and then also to equip the local church with knowledge on how to minister to these individuals that are victims of this violent crime. And so we partner with Trafficking Hope, and I'm excited to tell you that to date this year, you all have given between both campuses $15,000 to Trafficking Hope. Come on, somebody. Isn't that great? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Come on now. So I wanted to give you some information because... God is doing some great things. And to be honest, I could sit here all day, every day, with story after story after story about what your church is doing. 
Because you are a part of a church, no matter what location you attend, what campus you attend, that God is up to something big. And every time that you give and every time that you serve, you are making a difference in the life of someone that you may not even meet until we get to heaven. And won't that be awesome when we get to heaven and we see kind of the fruit of that labor and the sacrifice? And so, again, God is doing some great stuff. So one more time, come on, put your hands together, both campuses. I love it. It's good stuff. Okay, last Vision Sunday, I walked through three questions, and I'm going to do that again today. The three questions were this. Uh, when will we be changing the name of our South Metro campus? We talked about that last Vision Sunday. I'll address that again today. Are we going to add any additional gathering times? I addressed that in February. I want to talk about that today. And then are we ever going to launch another campus? So I want to update you on all three of those questions that we addressed just in February. So again, you can see a little bit of what God is doing. And I'm going to do it in reverse order. So here's the first one. Will we ever launch another campus? And I get this question a lot because we talk with that global mindset. To me, and this is just me, I believe the best way to reach lost people is by planting life-giving churches in communities that need Jesus. Anybody with me? You know, I don't care how many churches are in a town or a city. You can never have too many spirit-filled, life-giving, Bible-preaching churches. I wish I had a couple hundred people that would agree with that statement. But anyway, so this is our heart. And I'm a dreamer. And in a healthy way, an opportunist, I pray for the opportunities as I dream for God to move us in the right direction to plant another campus. And I'm going to make a statement that I'm not saying this in absolute, but this is just my prayer. I pray that on our next Vision Sunday, which will be in 2020, that I get to stand up here and tell you about that next campus that we're launching. That really is my heart. And so you say, well, good luck with that. Well, you ought to help me pray. Come on now. Okay. And you ought to help me pay for it. Come on. Because if everybody did a little together, we could do a whole lot. And so, so we don't just like dream about, are we going to launch another campus? You know, one of my mentors gave me these eight filters to determine the timing of launching the other campus. And this is kind of what they look like. We've talked about this before, but it starts with prayer. It, you, have, you have to pray because I don't want a good idea. I want a God idea. I don't want a good thing. I want a God thing. I don't want a good campus. I want a God campus. Come on now. So we start with prayer. And then, of course, you have to have strategy and systems and structures. We have to have a great campus pastor, which at both of our campuses, you all have great campus pastors. And I intentionally waited this long to brag on them. But in our time away, Pastor David at our Go Church campus in Germantown and then Pastor Ben at our South Metro campus here, they stepped in and they did that Hall of Faith series. And they did awesome, didn't they? Come on, would you just bless those guys? I told Kimberly, I said, I got to stay sharp because they're coming for me, you know? Gifted communicators and anointed. So you got to have a good campus pastor. You got to have the right location. How many of you would let us move into your house to open up a church? I see your hand, okay? You know, and then you got to have finances. It takes money to make stuff happen. And, and I really, I'm going to be honest with you, but I lead with transparency. I wrestled with telling you about this, but I'm going to tell you. Um, God is blessing both of our campuses financially, and that's, that's because of your giving. And I'm so grateful of the way that you all give and the way that you respond. Uh, financially, uh, both of our campuses are in a better place financially than, than I, I've ever seen them personally. And that's because of you all. Now, here at South Metro, because of the beauty of this facility, and this is where I wrestled with, should I tell you or not, but I want you to know, we still carry some debt 
It's good debt. It's healthy debt. As a matter of fact, that chair that you're sitting in, I need you to pay for it today if you don't mind. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but we carry some debt to the tune of about $35,000 a month. That's a heavy mortgage, isn't it? That should help you with whatever your mortgage is. If you thought your mortgage was expensive, move into this house. And here's what I'm believing, that as God uses us together, okay? Because I don't, I don't think I know anybody that can write about a $4 million check. Okay, if you know them, give them my cell phone number. But although I may not know one person, I know about 1,500 people. I do. And if everybody just does their part and we get the debt paid down, I'm telling you right now what we could do in cities and counties and states would just be mind-blowing. Now, here's the good news. When Kimberly and I planted that campus in Germantown, they carried about a million dollars of debt. Okay, it was a, an inherited contractual agreement on a storefront. We agreed to taking that on. The Lord began to work miracles through that. We bought some property in Clarksburg, which is where those offices are. We renovated those to a tune of about $300,000. And I just want to tell you that as of last month, our Germantown campus is 100% debt free. Come on. Come on, go church. You ought to celebrate that. Yeah. I'm proud of you all. Man, it feels good to be debt-free, doesn't it? And we're believing the same for here. So as the finances move, it gives us the opportunity. As, as God develops a go team, which is our volunteers, you've got to have worship. You've got to have a next-generation ministry, youth and kids, and all of that. So we're praying through these eight filters, okay? So I hope to stand in front of you 2020 and say, hey, this is where the next campus is going, and we need about 100 of y'all to move there. Some of you are like, I ain't moving nowhere. Never say never to God. If you don't believe me, look at your boy standing right here. <laughs> Here's a second question. Are we ever going to add any additional gathering times? And that's what we call our time together. We call them gatherings because the Bible says we're two or three. Try it again. We're two or three. Gather together. He promises to show up in the middle. So uh, we don't call it a service because we didn't come to serve you. We call it a gathering because we want Jesus to show up. And that's going to preach, isn't it? Okay, so this is a big question. I want to talk specifically to our South Metro Atlanta campus for a moment because I am thrilled to tell you that on September the 8th, I told you that was a big day, we're going to be launching three Sunday morning gatherings right here at this campus. Come on, everybody make some noise. Come on. I love it. Eight. Now you got to see this because you were clapping like, yay. But now I'm going to ask you to change times. 8, 9.45 and 11.30. 8, 9.45 and 11.30 beginning September the 8th will be the new three gathering times here. And then at Go Church, our Germantown campus, Pastor David and I, we've been watching your growth. We're excited for that. We believe that you are also a two gathering and three gathering campus. So as you continue to invite, as God continues to bless that campus, I can't wait to tell you all next year about new gathering times for you also, okay? So three new gatherings beginning, everybody say September the 8th. Because if you show up at 8 a.m. next week, you're going to be here with a prayer team, and that's fine too, but it doesn't shift until September the 8th, and I want you to lock that down. Now, maybe you're wondering, okay, maybe you're wondering, why add another gathering? Or what's wrong with what we got right now? I get that. And those are questions that I've prayed about and that I've thought about. And so I'm going to answer that really quickly. Ultimately, here's the number one reason I felt that this campus was ready to go to three Sunday morning gatherings. 
Because the Lord told me we were. So during, <laughs> during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I heard the Lord say this to me. JC, prepare the church for growth. Prepare the church for growth. As a matter of fact, he took me to 2 Kings chapter 4. You know, in 2 Kings chapter 4 is a story of the widow's oil. I wish I had time to preach it to you, but I've got more things to tell you about. But this widow, she was in debt, and the debt collector came. Well, the prophet Elisha showed up and said, what do you have? What's in your house? And she said, well, I got a few, I got a few like empty jars or half empty jars. And he says, well, go collect all the empty jars that you can find. So she went to all of her neighbors. She sent her sons to the neighbor's house. She had all of these empty jars. And how many of you know that story? God filled up every empty jar. And then finally, the prophet Elisha said, give me another jar. And she said, I've got no more jar. And the anointing, the oil stopped flowing. And so I heard the Lord say this to me. And this is tying in with 2 Kings chapter 4. As we create empty space, God will fill it up. Come on, church. He's doing that at our Germantown campus, and he's doing that right here at South Metro. As we create empty space, God will fill it up. And watch this. Here's another one, because you say, well, 2 Kings, that's Old Testament. Well, I got a New Testament reference for you. Because in Luke 14, 23, Jesus said, go. Go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that the house will be both campuses. Say it with me. One, two, three. So that the house will be full. And he's not just talking about the church house. Ultimately, we're talking about heaven. How many of you know that we need heaven to be full? Come on, that's why we do what we do. We need heaven to be full. And if you don't know this, you're going to know today, God cares about his lost kids. God cares about his lost kids. And the mandate on our church is to go and fill up his house. And again, not just this house, but heaven. And you've heard us say this before, but I'm willing to do just about everything we can short of sin to reach lost people. We're not going to mess around with the book in order to reach lost people. But if we got to do a Sunday fun day to draw unchurched, de-churched, anti-churched people in, let it be done. If popcorn gets them in the room so they can hear about Jesus, we're serving Orville Redenbach or somebody. Come on now. Whatever we got to do. And we're going to be organized. And we're going to be systemized. We're going to be structured in such a way that it does meet your needs. And I hope you're not offended by this, but not just your needs. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the church isn't just about us. Come on, help me out with that. Our church, at whatever campus you go to, it doesn't just exist for you. It exists for the people who aren't here just yet. And as we create space, God is going to fill that up. So since the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we've been praying as a team. We've been strategizing as a team. We've been working together as a team and preparing our staff for the growth. And one of the things that we've really been doing is watching the numbers, watching the attendance trends. I mean, come on. We're in the last week of July here, which is kind of the middle of summer, especially for, for our Germantown campus. And this first gathering, is, it's full. And so I don't know if you know this or not. But we did some comparison between the first six months of last year and the first six months of this year at our South Metro campus. And this campus has grown by 17% in one year. Come on, somebody. It's a great place to give God thanks. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. We're talking about 17% more people that have heard the message of Jesus Christ. And that's why 
We believe through the attendance that's growing and the need to create more space. And I hear people say, well, why can't you just put out more chairs? Well, that's a great idea. The problem with just putting out more chairs means I'm going to make more people walk from the Lassiter Road entrance. I'm going to have to put more people up on the grassy hill over here so that they have to walk. And it, it breaks my heart to see some of the elderly people have to walk a half a mile just to get in here. Adding more seats does nothing with the long check-in kids ministry lines, which is a blessing. But many of our parents have to miss part of our worship gathering because they're checking in their children because they're waiting. One way to solve that is some of you could volunteer and help us, but we'll talk about that. It does, adding more seats doesn't help with the long bathroom lines for you ladies, come on now, or the overcrowded lobby space. So it's not as simple as we'll just put out more seats. Now here's what I know. Change is tough. But here's what I also know. Organizations, companies, and churches that don't adapt and flow to the changing needs and numbers of their community, they hurt themselves. If you don't believe me, here, here's a picture. By a show of hands, how many remember Blockbuster? Come on, it wasn't a Friday night until you went to Blockbuster, babe. And if that, if that one doesn't, like, put it into perspective, here's another one. I'm going to tap into your childhood. I don't want to grow up. I is gone because they didn't adapt to the change of culture. And you know what companies shut these two down? Redbox, Netflix, and Amazon. Because those companies were willing to adapt to the growth of culture. And I don't, I don't want to be a church. I don't want to pastor a church that's like, well, well, it's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, we're not looking for who's here now. We're praying for who's coming tomorrow. Come on, church, both campuses. Yeah. All right, I want, to give you, I want to give you a message, but there's one more question, and this has been asked, and I addressed this back in February. When will we be changing our name from South Metro to Go Church? Many of you know uh, that Kimberly and I, we planted Go Church in Germantown uh, just a little over five years ago. About 18 months ago, we relocated back to South Metro Atlanta. We took over the baton of leadership from the greatest pastors this side of heaven, Bishop Alan Matura and First Lady Dr. Valerie Matura. And we, we made that transition, and for the last 18 months, we have been building culture with language of one church in two locations, uh, but we've had two different churches. And in February, I told you that this has always been a part of our heart. Uh, the board of trustees and the elders, when we interviewed for this position, uh, they knew about it. My father-in-law, he knew about it. My mother-in-law knew that God had birthed in our heart back in July of 2012, so seven years ago, that, that we were to be a part of a movement called called Go Church. And so I told you back in February that it's something that we want to do. We're just praying. I also told you about the double workload of being two different names. That means two different of everything. Two different big orders when we purchase stuff because it's different branding. Two different websites. Two different social media accounts. Two different banks. Two different payrolls. So you can't centralize accounting. Uh, you, you name it. Every, everything is, is double the work. Because ultimately, and some people don't like to think of the church this way, but there is a business aspect to it. If you don't believe that, let's go down to the bank where we owe the money and tell them it ain't a business. You know? so, so there's some challenge with that. And here, here, here's what I've learned, that whenever there are two visions, there's always room for division. And so God has put in our heart that we should be unified in the calling and we should be unified in our brand so that we can more clearly articulate our vision and then it gives us a clearer path 
to effectively accomplish it. So I am thrilled to announce to you that in addition to the launch of three gatherings on September the 8th, we are also rebranding all of the ministry to watch this Go Church. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Yeah. Come on, both campus all to celebrate that right there. Come on, there it is. So we've got our official launch day as Go Church on September the 8th, September the 8th. And I'm really, really excited about it. You can even see things are already starting to turn green around these parts. You know, and so we're thrilled. Now, I, I want to share my heart with you just for a second because all of our family in, in Maryland at Go Church, your campus will officially be, officially be called the Germantown Campus, Germantown Campus. We floated around a few different things over the last 18 months, but we're going to identify you as to where God's placed you. So you're our Germantown Campus, and I don't want you all to miss this, but at this location, we're going to be Go Church, but we'll be known as the South Metro campus. And so what that does is this. Come on, yeah, if you want to clap, let's do it. What that does is this. It sets us up for the future, but it also honors the past of all of those that have sacrificed before us. And so and th those individuals would be none greater than Pastor Allen and Dr. Valerie. I want you two to stand, and for all of our church, both campuses, you may not get to see them on the video screen, but can we bless them and honor them? Come on. Thank you. There they are. I love it. So we're, we're moving forward, but we're honoring the past. So this is go, it'll be Go Church, but it'll be our South Metro campus. And I just love that. I love that we get to dream, and I also love that we will always continue to honor. And as long as I'm here, we're going to honor. Can you say amen to that? Some of you might think, well, where do you get the name Go? I'm glad you asked. Jesus said this in the Great Commission. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is where the name Go Church comes from. It's a global mission. It's a global vision. And we're so excited that God is in it. So on September the 8th, a lot of stuff is happening here at South Metro Campus. Those three Sunday morning gathering times and the, the transition to that. And then, of course, the rebrand to Go Church. And this is what Go Church is all about. And if you want to know what this church, both campuses, really the heartbeat is, it's this. We just love people to life. It's my heart right here. We love people to life. And how many of you know that real life is found through a genuine, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to preach the gospel, and we're going to love people to life. Isn't that good? Okay, I got just a few more minutes, and I want to share with you the verse of Scripture that the Lord dropped in my heart. Because you and I have a role to play in all of this. So don't go anywhere just yet. Hang in there for a few more minutes, and I'll be done. But, but we've got a role to play in all of this. Not, not just a role within the movement of Go Church, but I believe that there is something that God wants you to do, and there's something that God wants me to do as well. So let me say it to you like this. I believe that we're living in a moment in time. I believe that we're living in a moment in history where we are witnessing something very special. And I'm not just talking about our church, but around the world. Jesus is coming back really soon. Come on, do you believe that? But there is a turning of the hearts 
back to the Father. There is revival. Forget about what you see on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC News. Forget all that for a moment. Around the globe, there are great awakenings that are happening. Google what God did two weeks ago in Peru and the outpouring of over one million people flooding stadiums across that country to hear the gospel of Jesus preached. We're witnessing something very, very special, and I believe it's something that generations before us have prayed about, and now you and I, we're alive in the middle of it. I've asked the Lord, and maybe this is just my weird thinking, but I've asked God, why am I alive now? And he says, for such a time as this. You, you weren't just born by accident. God has set you up for a purpose, and we're witnessing something incredible. And this is the verse I shared in February, and I want to come back to it. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2. The Bible says this, I tell you, both campuses on the count of three, shout this word now, one, two, three. Now. Come on, do it like you, like you love Jesus. One, two, three. Now. There it is. Now is the time of God's favor. Right? I don't know if you know this or not, but you and I, we are living in the favor of God. And then the Bible goes on and says this, one, two, three. Now, now is the day of salvation. All right, both campuses, I want you to say this phrase. Now is the time. You ready? One, two, three. Now is the time. Let's do it again. One, two, three. Now is the time. Last time. One, two, three. Now is the time. Right now. And I think so many of us, and I'm not preaching down to you. I'm, I'm hoping that through some conviction you'll hear my heart. But I think too many of us have been operating in a gift of procrastination. Waiting for now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is, it's here. You're, you're living in it right now. And if you and I blink, we're going to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it because God is doing something. When? Now. now. So now is the time. I'm going to give you four verbs. This is what the Lord, the last couple of weeks, as Kimberly and I, we visited our Germantown campus. And then we also visited uh, the, the, the Baptist church at the beach. Come on, somebody. The Lord gave me these four verbs, and I want to share them with you, because right now is the time to do what? The first one is this, to follow. Now is the time to follow. Now, I don't want you to get it twisted. I'm not asking you to follow me. If you follow JC, you'll, you'll find yourself very disappointed because I'm human. I am far from perfect. I'm not asking you to follow JC. I'm not asking you to follow Kimberly, but if you're going to pick one of us, you pick Kimberly. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you that now is the time, and I'm, I want to talk to somebody that's lukewarm. You're on the fence with this whole Jesus thing, this whole faith thing. Now is the time to follow Jesus. Right now. You and I, we are not promised tomorrow. Come on, this is the inspiration side, and I'm not trying to be hard, but I'm just trying to be real. You and I are not promised to wake up tomorrow, and you've got to decide right now to follow Jesus. And this is what I hear so often. People say, well, I'm a believer. Well, Tell me in the Bible where Jesus was looking for believers. Jesus is looking for followers. Watch. Let me prove it to you. Even the devil believes. But the last time I checked, he ain't going to heaven. Because Jesus is looking for followers. He wants you to be a follower. This is what he said in Mark chapter 8. He said, then calling to the crowd. He talked to the crowd. He says, if any of you want to be my what? 
You must give up on your own selfish way. When? Like right now. And take up your cross and do what? And follow me. Jesus is looking for followers. And if you want to be a part of this latter-day outpouring, the Bible says, the prophet Joel said, that in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That sons and daughters will prophesy. And old men will dream dreams. And they'll have visions. And all, you, know, you know the prophecy. You know where we're living in it right now. And if you want to be a part of that latter-day outpouring, because I, I believe that, I really genuinely believe that Jesus is coming back so soon. We're going to hear that trumpet call. And only followers, only followers that have denied their selfish way, they've taken up their cross, those are the ones that will consider to be true followers. Your church attendance, it don't cut it. Giving of your money, it don't cut it. Being a good person, that doesn't cut it. There's this old song that we used to sing when I was growing up in the Baptist church, and it said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will what? Follow. No turning back. No turning back. Now is the time to follow. Here's the second verb, and I've got to move. Now is the time to connect. God never intended for you to live your life in isolation. And God is all about connecting. Because connections, write this down, it's not on the TV screen, but it should be in your notes. Connections are the key to your success. Think about this. In every aspect of your life, connections are the key to your success. Your spiritual success is because of relationship. Your professional success, your relational success is all about connections because God is all about connecting. So when your family, watch, when your family is more connected, the more successful they are. When your family is more disconnected, the more dangerous they are. I, I can tell you when I counsel most people, I can tell the temperature of that relationship based on the connectivity of them and that person. Most spouse uh, relationships work well if you stay connected. So let me just say to the people in the room that you and your husband, you're married, but you're sleeping in other rooms. It will never get better that way because you're disconnected. Are you with me? In the business world, the more connected your business is, then everybody gets in sync. And when they're in sync or when they're in synergy, the more successful they are. And the same is true for church. You know, in the Bible, God talks about the different parts of the body, but he never said that they should work on their own. He said, I want every part of the body to be connected together. And how many of you know that every part of the body is incredibly important? And it's got to work together and be connected. And let me help you by saying this. Even if you decide not to make this church your church home, or maybe you're just visiting today with family or friends, or maybe you're sitting there and you're frustrated that we're adding a third gathering and now I've asked you to move, or... You're going to rebrand this name. Ain't nothing wrong with what we got. And you decide to leave. Wherever you go, you still need to be connected. No matter where you go. Now, if you're going to stick around here, I'm going to preach the necessity of the power of connection. I'm not responsible for what other pastors preach. But whether you stay or whether you go, you need to be connected. Because the enemy loves when you try to make it on your own. 
I wish I had time. You look at the disciples, Peter and Judas. They both sinned against God. One of them committed suicide. The other stood on that two-story apartment balcony on the day of Pentecost. He preached a sermon where over 3,000 people got saved. They were baptized, and Christ has been adding to the church daily ever since. What's the difference of Judas and Simon Peter? One of them, Simon Peter, went back to the group and stayed connected. Judas tried to handle his sin on his own, and he committed suicide. I see it so many times when people get disconnected from the body, they commit spiritual suicide. Come on, that'll preach, won't it? All right, here's the third thing. Two more, and we're done. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me give you this verse. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Why you need to be connected. Two people are better off than one because they can help each other succeed. Here's another verse. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone falls alone, they're in real what? Trouble. Verse 11, likewise... Two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Now, if you're single, don't take that verse out of context. Some of you single people are like, hey, now, I like this church. No, 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 put down Tinder, all right? Ain't about that. How can one be warm alone? Again, somebody's single thinking, man, I'm liking this. Get you a blanket and a chastity belt. Come on in Jesus' name. Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back. Come on now. And not only will they stand back to back, but they will conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Come on. Yeah, that's good. And then the third thing, the third verb, now is the time to discover. Somebody say discover. Discover what? Discover why in the world you're alive. Somebody told me recently, they said, well, it wasn't on purpose. My mom and dad, they weren't planning on having me. Well, that's their story. That's not God's story. Hey, let me tell you, God, and you hear me say this so often, God did not create you and then give you a purpose. God had a purpose, and so he created you. And you've got to discover that purpose. Let me say it this way. Before there was a you, there was a thing for you to do. And you've got to discover what that thing is for you to do. Because the most joyful people that I know are not the people that have no problems. Good luck with that. Okay? The most joyful people that I know are the people that are living their life on purpose. They know how God made them, and they're operating in that gifting. The psalmist David said it like this. Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And while I was in my mother's womb, you knit me together. And I like the translation that I'm showing you here because he says this. He says, thanks for making me so wonderfully complex. When's the last time you told God, thanks for making me so weird and strange and different. And then he says this, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. The biggest difference between David and us is that David knew it so well. He knew his purpose. He knew his design, and he knew the designer. How, how well do you know it? And I'm telling you, you want to grow to the next level? Now is the time to discover how you're made. And then here's the last one, serve. 
Some of you are thinking, ah, that's not fun. This, this, this one right here may surprise you, but this will bring you the most joy when you serve. Because whenever you do something that makes a difference in somebody else's life, it brings you the most joy. The happiest people on the planet, the most joyful people on the planet, are those who are making a difference in the lives of others. Two more verses and we're finished. 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift, and you all have gifts. If you say, I don't have a gift, that's not true. You've just not discovered it yet. And we can help you do that on move track. Will help you discover your gift. And when you discover the gift, whatever the gift is, you use it to do what? Not, not be selfish with it, but to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That means some of you are going to be a great greeter and work on first impressions. That means some of you, you can sing, and God's given you the singing ability, and yet you're sitting at both campuses when you should be up here singing. Some of you are great teachers, and you should be leading a small group. Come on, some of you have the gift of administration and organization, and you can help us figure out how to park all these cars, and yet you take your gift and don't use it, but you complain about the traffic flow. It don't work like that. You take whatever your gift is, and you put it into practice. We need, you could be a great camera operator, or, or you know what? You're great with kids, and so you should be using that gift. Why? Here's why. John 15, verse 8, this is to my Father's glory. God likes it. God likes it when you serve so that you may bear much fruit. Let's add more campuses. Let's add more gathering times. Let's serve more people. Let's do as much as we can while we're alive because your life is but a mist. And the only day that you're promised is now. Right now. That's it. He says, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And watch this, the last verse of the day. And I love it. The verse number 11. You just read verse 8. This is verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy, his joy, may be where? No, in you. So that it may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Let me give you this final thought. God doesn't want you to serve to make him happy. God wants you to serve so you can be made whole. So that you can be made complete. Never more like Jesus than when you serve. So what's your next step? Follow. Connect. Discover. Serve. I want you to take one minute at both campuses and consider what your next step is. I'm turning this gathering, the remainder of it, back to our Germantown campus. Pastor David Waldrop, God bless you guys. Now, I don't want anybody to leave. I just need five more minutes because the ushers are coming with a card that I want you to see. And then my father-in-law, Bishop Alan Matur, is going to come. He's going to share his heart. And then he's going to pray for you and for me as we move forward today. So I want you to take just a moment here. Receive this card if you can. And then my father-in-law is going to come. He's going to talk to us for just a second. I'm going to briefly walk through this card that gives this campus specifically a little bit more information and instruction. And then we're going to, we're going to pray and dismiss for the remainder of the day. Can we sing a worship song together? And we'll take just a moment here and everybody will be served. Thank you, Jesus. There's a hunger and 
Do you love this man of God? Come on, would you bless Pastor Alan Matura? Come on, church. I, I've shared with him so many times that, and I mean this, that when I grow up, I want to be just like him. I really do. You and I, we are standing on the shoulders of his leadership and the beautiful Dr. Valerie Matura. They, they have sowed and sacrificed many, many years. Some of you that are new here may not know this, but they were the pastors of this church for 33 years. Come on now. It's awesome. So for what it's worth, in this process of praying and transition, I just asked my father-in-law, how do you feel? How do you feel about everything? And he, he shared his heart with me, and it was so encouraging that I said, well, can you take just a moment at the end of Vision Sunday and tell everybody else? And so you got this card, but out of honor and respect, I want you to put the card down for just a minute because I'll walk through that with you. I won't take much time there. But I want you to hear from Pastor Allen as he shares his heart of excitement for the direction of our church today. Thank you, Pastor JC. When I uh, transitioned to uh, 2018 last year, I said, God, send me somebody that looks just like me. How'd I do? That pretty good? God's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? Thank you, Pastor JC, for these moments. <laughs> How about this? You know, I need to tell you that after 33 years of ministry here, it wasn't going to be easy for the person that would follow us. But I didn't have to make that decision. It's the Holy Spirit. And Pastor JC this morning has shared so much and talked so fast, I had to hurry up and listen. Yeah. But let me say this to you, and, and I want to tell you that this church has been at this place, Pastor JC, a lot of times. It's come to the place where we had to cast vision, pray to folks, gr grasp it, and then step out knowing it's not easy. Let me just highlight, and I won't give you details. In 1985, when Valerie and I came here, down the road, three miles, it was Peachtree City Church of God. The first Sunday, there was 35 people. The next Sunday, after they heard me preach, there was 13 people. <laughs> just, just kidding. Hey, in 1987, uh, Pastor JC, we bought this property, 10 acres, with a vision and a future in mind. We had five acres. God gave us 10. In 1997, God helped us to build the first sanctuary, which is where the children are meeting now, and that cost $1.1 million. In 2000, the year 2000, we purchased 15 more acres because God made it possible. In 2003, we built the ministry center, cost us $3 million. In 2012, we built the sanctuary, the offices, and special ministry area, and I ain't going to tell you what it costs. He knows. We let him pay it. 
No, we're going to pay it together. Amen. It, all together was $5 million. And so we changed the name. You've asked us by prayerfully to reconsider that. And we have done that because the Lord is leading us there. And never did we come to a place, church, where it was easy to make changes. But we'd rather obey God and obey men. And God said he'd give the increase. Amen. And so I just want to tell you that uh, the word of God says to us in Habakkuk, and, and you did that this morning. You did it wonderfully. The word of God says write division and make it plain on tablets that they may run who read it. I'm ready to run. Help me run. Say amen. You ought to stand up and run, but I'm going to run with the vision. And then the Bible says, enlarge the place of your tent. And it says, stretch out your tent and make your curtains wide. That's why there's a third service coming. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Can I get an amen? God has a vision for everybody. Some of you have stayed with us for a long time. We haven't run you off yet, but we're trying. Others of you are, have stayed with us for a short time. And you, because you just recently came, come go with us. Amen? Come go with us in Jesus' name. Kimberly, come out of the light just a moment. Stand by your mother. And Pastor JC, you, you stay here with me. I want you to give God the praise for a man and woman who is not afraid to obey the Lord. Matter of fact, I want you to stand up and do it jubilantly. Thank God for a man and women who love God enough that they'll say, here am I, God, use me. Come on, let's do it even more heartily. Amen. Don't leave me. Okay. I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you pray, pray over us. You can be seated for a second, and he's gonna pray. You got this card, here's all I need. The card shows you some ways that you can choose now. Somebody say now. Okay, so the first part is gather. I'm, I would love for you to fill out this card if you and your family don't wait, but choose now. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this 8 a.m. gathering a try. Okay, I just want you to put your family name down and how many people in your family. So we can say, hey, we got 250, 300 people saying they're coming to that 8 a.m. gathering. That's going to help us better prepare and be equipped because we need some people to move. We, we need some people to make that decision to move. The next one is grow. If you've not done move track, you need to do move track. Move track, move track, move track. It's the best way to learn about the church. As a matter of fact, Move Track is happening today. And you can go today. Now, they didn't plan on feeding you today, but if Jesus can take five loaves and two fish and feed people, we'll figure out how to share some food with you. But you need to do Move Track. It happens the last Sunday of every single month, right here on, at both campuses, but on this property. And then the last one is to go. And you heard me talk about serving. At some point, somebody hear this word, at some point, you have to move from just attending to participating. At some point, you have to move from just consuming to contributing. At some point, okay? And now is the time. So here are the primary areas that we need. In all three of our gatherings, we need help. I want you to fill that out and say, these are the areas I want to serve. Write clearly your name, your email, your phone number, and then which gathering that you want to serve at. And in the next few days, you'll get an email from one of our ministry leaders or a phone call. If you don't hear back from us, we haven't ignored you. We just couldn't read your writing. So call us back and say, I haven't heard from anybody because we want to get you plugged in and serving. Here's what I do not want you to do. All eyes on me real quick and we're done. Don't take this card home with you because you won't fill it out. It'll be trash in the back seat of your car, okay? 
Fill it out today. If you decide, I don't want to fill out any information on your way out, just drop the blank ones in the buckets at each exit because we need them for the second gathering that's happening. Does that make sense? All right, Pastor Allen, come back. You can continue to be seated. I want you to pray over us, and then we'll be dismissed for the day. Let's bow together. Father, we thank you that you have given us a vision and dream and the anointing to bring it to pass. You are equipping us even now, Holy Spirit. And I pray that there will be those who are all today, that we are part of what God is doing. I pray that we'd be vision casters and not vision squelchers. I pray we people, oh God, if we, if we can't say anything good, I pray that you would just not hurt somebody else by what we say. Father, I thank you today that when we lift up the torch, it'll shine like a bright light in the darkness. There's nothing, oh God, that you have uh, excluded out of the gifts you have given to us that we can't do by your power. Lord, I see another dimension. I see a higher level. And Lord, we built this church not for our comfort zone, not that we can find our seat nobody else get it. We built this church not we can have our favorite parking lot, God, or, or just meet our favorite friends and go home. This church was built to the highest glory and honor to God. We are here because of the grace of God. Somebody prayed us in. Somebody fasted us in, oh God. Somebody said, here, uh, God, I'm going to want you to use me, so I'll go get them, and I thank you that they're here. Now we're all going to go and get somebody else, and I believe we won't have the room to contain them, but you'll make the room in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen.